So 23% of young people said that they attend religious services weekly, but 31% of adults reported that they were going weekly. The natural gravitation and importance of community as in, in a reflector of identity mm -hmm. and how we see ourselves, mm -hmm. that doesn't go away whether you're in a gang yeah. or whether you're just a family or right. whether you're in a church. The um, culture of community is not stopping. It's just migrating beyond mm -hmm. the church walls. And that, and that is like kind of theological principles aside, that's very sad to me. The efficiency or the efficacy or the validity of the church, thank God that it doesn't depend just on us. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to KT Kingdom Thinking, where the thoughts are being had about the kingdom, Josh. All right, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm well, how are you? Good, I'm celebrating the 50th episode. I can't believe we've done this 50 times. Of Kingdom Thinking. Yeah, that's a wild. Isn't that incredible? It is, truly. Happy birthday, KT. 2,000 views between 50 videos. We are like something else, my friend. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the topics are still hot. They are. The weather is getting cold, but the topics are hot. Dude, keeps us warm all and night. So I got a joke for you. Okay. Why did the high schooler leave his church? I don't know. Because he got tired of Little Caesars. Uh, yeah, that's true. Little Caesars does get annoying <laughs> after a while. I love Little Caesars. But today uh, we're going to talk about the youth and... Uh, the disconnect between the larger uh, traditional church and missing um, the next generations yep. or why um, in Exodus continues to happen uh, among the youth. Yeah. So we're going to talk about different reasons for that and hopefully be of some insight and some help. Yeah, so right now we're seeing there's some new data that's coming out of what I believe uh, is called the Springtide Research Group. They're okay. a nonpartisan, nonprofit group, and they're showing that there is this massive disconnect right between young people and the church. And really, the age range we're talking about here is like 13 to 25. Okay, so, so this is interesting. The young adults. We used to be in this age range, right? Like, do you remember when all the articles were coming out about like millennials leaving the church and like what do we do to lead millennials well yeah. and how do we get them right? So it's yeah, interesting yeah. to be past that point now and not the focus of like Barna or Pew Research is like next bit of, of right. polling. So what's the next one? Is it like Gen X? Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen, Gen X would be uh, before us. And so, yeah, so they're talking about like uh, that the research from their group shows that churches aren't connecting with that age range, 13 to 25, specifically okay. over social issues that mm. they're walking through uh, and they find important. And what I thought was neat about this research that I was kind of digging through that's a little bit different uh, than some of the things that were important to like millennials okay. uh, is that there's like a greater breadth of them, right? And so they include racial justice, gender equity, uh, which is interesting. Gender equity is different from what millennials probably would have coined as gender equality, right? Uh, and so there's an interesting kind of shift there. Immigration rights, in, income inequality, and gun control. So millennials cared about all of these things as well, but probably not to the level of intensity, right, that we're seeing uh, for Gen yeah. Z and the technological proliferation didn't happen as intensely. And so you couldn't in the same essence, right, create such a movement that you can through things like TikTok now, right? Right. And so, uh, but the biggest disconnect that we're seeing uh, involves LGBT rights. And now this is something that is not unique to Gen Z. This really like actually started with probably the millennial probably for core. a few generations. Yeah. So 71% of, uh, of youth say that they care about gay rights, but feel that 44% of religious communities uh, or only feel that 44% of religious communities care about that same issue. And this was a survey that was okay. done of over 10,000 people okay. uh, across the country. And what's interesting is this is not this is not just Christianity, right? Like this is various Not just evangelicals. Yeah, yeah. So this spans all the Gen Zers uh, and all of the different religious faiths and traditions. And so what 
we're seeing also with this is 78% of young people identify as spiritual but not religious, uh, which is a phrase, man, that I'm not a fan of <laughs> and have never been, um, mainly because I'm not really sure it means anything. What that anything. means. Yeah, it, it, it's such a nebulous kind of like topic, right? It feels like a distinction without a difference uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, 23% it, of It feels like... Uh, I want my lawyer kind of thing. Like I don't, I, I, I don't answer questions yeah, from telemarketers yeah. kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it depends on what the definition of is, is right. And to quote <laughs> the famous Bill Clinton. Uh, so 20 so years wouldn't get that reference by the way. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was for me. Yeah. <laughs> so 23% of young people said that they attend religious services weekly, but 31% of adults reported that they were going weekly, uh, in a Pew research poll that was done in 2019. Okay. So what do you think? Just what, when, before we dive in, yeah, 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 what yeah, hits yeah. you about these numbers? Okay, so there's, there's a few things here that, are interesting to me. The first one is the spiritual, but not religious. Yeah. Um, I think this has been the case for a while. Sure. Uh, I don't think this is specific to Gen Z, but I think like you said, technology, the way that messages can be communicated and then they evolve and have a life of their own. I think that makes the issue of morality in a post religious society uh, more pertinent. Yeah. In other words, I think that youth who have no religious affiliations, who've never been to a church, as well as kids who are growing up in the church, they're having to answer the same questions yes, now. Yes, for sure. Because their worlds aren't as far apart as they were before. Yep. And so, oh, wait a minute, I'm seeing, let's say that this is their observation, right? I'm seeing people of color get treated differently than people, not people of color. Right. I'm seeing... LGBTQ people have these issues or, or all these issues that they're talking about. What do I think about mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. They're not answering it from a religious perspective, but they are coming to an ethical conclusion about it. Yeah. yeah. That to me is interesting um, about the spiritual, but not religious because that feels spiritual, doesn't uh-huh. it? Yeah, precisely. Going, going to a rally, making posters, standing up, putting, blacking out your profile uh-huh. for black lives. That feels spiritual. Uh-huh but you're not connecting it to a traditional line of thinking that comes from religious convictions. Yeah, That's fascinating to me. Um, so I don't like that phrase either, but I understand its potency as right. far as what people's experience is with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the first thing that I think we should camp on. The second thing um, regarding LGBTQ rights is, I, w- I would want a little clarification on what people mean by rights. Um, like, are they talking about marriage, um, mm. or, are they, or are there other things in that bucket sure. that people mean? Um, and then I think some, hopefully, I don't know, perspective insight on evangelical church leadership, which we represent in some ways, mm-hmm. uh, could help on that. Yeah. 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 So very good. So what do you think? Let's, I, I wrote down some ideas here. I've got, uh, five ideas that I think might represent, some potential reasons for okay. why this disconnect is happening between okay. church leadership and like the next generation. Now are you right? talking about evangelicals or religion as a whole? I think it kind of, so we should probably for the sake of this, we could probably narrow it to evangelicals, okay. but I think you could probably apply this across right. the board, right? Okay. At least in American religion, okay. right? We, let's, let's uh, start it there. So one of the thoughts I had is that leaders in churches are growing older and transitions of power are not happening to next generations. And so I know this to be true from da- data I've seen in the Christian world, right? Mm-hmm. So older senior pastors are continuing to get older yeah. and we are starting to have, right? Like millennial 
millennials step into these things now. Millennials do represent the largest workforce in America now. Okay. Uh, and so some what, of that is transitioning that, like, into churches. To 40 year olds? And, uh, yeah, the 40 is probably about the oldest. 1981, 82 seems okay. to be somewhere in that range. Yeah. And so uh, we are seeing some transitions of, you know, power pass to that next generation, but we're also seeing a lot of it not happening, right? right. The average age of the senior pastor is getting older, I older. think, since like 1990. Dang. There. And so uh, do you think, what do you think in terms mm-hmm. of that being a potential reason for disconnect, right? Like now we have yes. almost two generations of gaps yeah. between those in church leadership and people that are stepping into their own theological conviction thoughts yes. and forming their own spiritual yes. life. Yes. So I think that we have two realities happening in opposite directions. And, and what I mean by that is that kids who are growing up in churches are experiencing a very similar world to kids who are not growing up in churches. And at the same time, kids who are growing up in churches, or and I, when I say kids, I'm referring to Gen Z, 13, mm-hmm. 25, and I don't mean that in a condescending way. Yeah, yeah, right, 13 yeah, to yeah. 25-year-olds, they're experiencing a simultaneously different world yeah. than the people they go to church yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. That, to me, is also fascinating because the... The leadership of, I don't know, like the baby boomers mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. The, the typical CEO, senior pastor, aged person yeah. in these religious organizations, right? <clears throat> I'm, I haven't seen dialogue, literature, discourse, media, anything to suggest um, a good faith attempt to actually connect or interact in the worlds of some of these older generations, mm-hmm. millennials, Gen Z's, so on and so forth. So what's happening is that the newer generations are getting crowd out, crowded out mm-hmm. methodologically or philosophically, meaning, okay, I have questions. Right. This is not a space for me to ask those questions. I guess I got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So now TikTok or Instagram um, or, I don't know, some random news channel or YouTube channel, that becomes more of an authority and a conversation and a formational space. Yeah. Because for me, this is an, a formational issue. Right, 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 right. Um, If you think of the church like a family, there's a parental aspect of mentorship and discipleship that is not happening as well as mm-hmm. it can be. Mm-hmm. And so the formational aspect that's happening with these youth is happening elsewhere. Right. So my mind first goes, hey, I, I think this is worth thinking about. Um, the world of the senior leadership in churches is so different philosophically um, or the way they think and see the world mm-hmm. than it is for these youth. And, and I think that's, if that's not counteracted, if we're just neutral about it, then, then the, the gap is going to get bigger. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and so I'm particularly interested in the idea of what you're talking about, where they go out of church confines to seek some type of answer and I think it's doubly important to, to kind of camp on that momentarily because what that represents is like they're being allowed into this dialogue, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like there's a comment section on YouTube. You can DM on mm-hmm. Instagram or TikTok, right? And so they're actually – they're these natural methods by which they can participate, right. ask questions, have thoughts answered, you know, get into their own debates and kind of sharpen their own skills as they, as they best understand them. Yeah. And that's all happening whether or not it's happening in the church or outside of it. And so it's a very interesting – it's like the um, culture of community – is not stopping. It's just migrating beyond the mm. church walls. And that, and that is like kind of theological principles aside. That's very sad to me, right? Yeah. Like there's, I think there's an important thing 
that we miss out on when we're not leading in communal dialogue that we attempt to kind of not just foster, but really lead the way on. Right. right? And, and we miss yeah. out on that in a big way. And conversely, I have seen churches capitalize on this. Yeah. Um, we used to do an intergenerational service mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. my church where once a month they would have the youth mm-hmm. be the ushers. Yeah. Yeah. Lead worship. Yeah. Um, like I would preach on that Sunday. And so there was an intentional effort to say, here's the torch. Yeah, you at, matter. At least for one Sunday of the month, you're going you're yeah, to lead yeah. us there. You matter now, um, right? Like you're important. Was it perfect? No. W- was it messy? Were there hiccups? Yes, of course. Like you, you're having 14-year-olds try, trying to lead. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the, the very fact that they were given that place right. and a, they were given the permission to not do it perfectly right. was meaningful. The, the people who were there at that time, when I was there, they're still there now. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. And so your comment is really important that the natural gravitation and importance of community as in, in a, a reflector of identity mm-hmm. and how we see ourselves, mm-hmm. that doesn't go away whether you're in a gang yeah. or whether you're just a family or right. whether you're in a church. Right. Um, right. So that's very important. Good. Good. Okay. So what about uh, the idea that American evangelicalism uh, aligning itself with some conservative politics, maybe explicitly or over-explicitly throughout America, uh, yeah. is in some cases hurting the witness? Yeah. So, I mean— CNN has talked about this enough. Uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Not that CNN is one, the only authority for me in news. I would have enough issues with them the same way I would have with Fox. Mm-hmm. My point being that uh, this this seems um, like an old talking point to me Yeah. in terms of, oh, well, let's blame Christians for, let's latch on the pitfalls of conservative politics or conservative religion to the Christianity and Mm -hmm. see, that's the reason why Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that neat. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen enough cases of Christian churches or Christian organizations, religious organizations who have conservatives, uh, sympathies or affections, but can nuance them enough. Good. Good. So what I would say is, Yes, you're going to be able to find example what Westboro Baptist Church, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever they're doing over there. Um, yes, that's that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes, your youth should leave that church. Yeah. Um, what I would want to say is that I think the problem of American religion with politics is a lot bigger sure. than the next generation of youth and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's insofar as that's my conviction about yeah. that issue. I would say. For evangelicals who have those conservative sympathies, make sure to nuance them enough so that you're not crowding out the thought worlds and the existential worlds of your youth who didn't grow up under Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. What about the idea that people are just getting more secular and there's nothing we can do about it? Do you think this is a convincing reason? No, that's, that's hilarious to me. Okay. So this is the same tune that Every every generation thinks theirs is the worst. Uh-huh. Every generation thinks that the world is going to end, right? So uh, my parents say, hey, wh- when we were growing up, we didn't have to lock our doors. Why? Because people had decency. Right. Now, look, look at all the, these youths and the, these hoodlums and, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. But in the 1940s, they thought the same thing and they had two world wars. Yeah. Post-millennialism died yeah. after two world wars, yeah. right? This, this optimistic, like yeah. everything is going to get better. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Um, so that seems silly to me because anecdotal evidence is not sufficient mm. to 
uh, substantiate the yeah. view that hey, things are just getting worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so th- that's right. that's silly to me. All right, good, good, yeah. good, good. Uh, th- that strikes me as like the same people are like, we didn't have to wear helmets when I was a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, pro- you should have. Yeah, there's we probably didn't have to wear seatbelts either. Yeah, there's probably a reason uh, things are the way they are. Then, uh, good. Okay, next one. Young people probably need to spend more time in churches to see the good work that's actually happening. Right? So, do you think this like, yeah. kind of flows both ways and coming from the other I direction do. a bit? I, I like this one. Uh, I think that it's it's easy to make a YouTube channel where we're making fun or pointing at the hi- hypocrisies. Yeah. Uh, and shortfalls of the church. But um, I'm going to speak from my experience here because I, if I'm not careful, I can get a little cynical too. Mm-hmm. And then I think about how many funerals I've been to, how many burials, how many weddings, how many youth I've mentored, how many times I've cried with somebody over, um, I don't know, the splitting of their parents mm-hmm. or s- some real life, Thing that right. you don't get on the internet, but right. you, you, you're you there with the person, someone confided in you, that is, uh, that changes you. Mm-hmm. To share that space with somebody, it changes you. Right. So I've had the privilege of having shared those moments with some youth in my time when I was in the church, and that's invaluable to me. Yeah. So I would hope that... Um, 13 to 25 year olds who are feeling discouraged, feeling uh, increasingly pessimistic Mm -hmm. about these uh, can either give the church a chance to have some positive input or if they have balanced some of that with some positive Mm -hmm. experiences. Having said that, I also want to be sympathetic to people who maybe have been there. They have done that. Yeah, and and all they've gotten is burned. Sure, sure. Um, What I would want to say is that as as a corporate, uh, a group community uh, apology to say, Mm -hmm. I am so sorry that that was the experience, that you were not valued, that you were unseen Mm -hmm. in the place where God sees you. Mm Uh, and my my urge, my invitation, my plea would be uh, that in the times when God's people misrepresent him, I think God hurts as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that call is not to abandon um, God's people, but that it is uh, an invitation to increase our faith that the efficiency or the efficacy or the validity of the church, thank God that it doesn't depend just on us. Yeah. Right? But that the church is holy not on its own merits, but on borrowed or by osmosis uh, through Jesus. And so what I would say here is, uh, please, for the youth, do not despair. Do not grow tired. Find somebody that you say, you know what? I... I think I would be willing to listen to this person. Yeah, yeah. And reach out to that person. Good. Um, I hope that there would be somebody. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then last question. Uh, perhaps there's just some impasse that we're stuck at generationally yeah. for things like LGBTQ plus rights that can't be solved. Yeah. There. Do you think that plays a role in any of this, right? Um, I, I do. However, I don't think that that is a generational impasse. Sure. I think that would yeah, be it's like a, an orthodoxy a theological impasse, yeah. yeah. right? And so... Um, the way that Christian doctrine gets um, facilitated changes a little bit every generation. Um, however, 
this is why Christian history is so important. Right. So some of these issues in terms of um, sexual ethics, marriage, etc., I'm glad that we didn't have to come up with this mm-hmm. five years ago, right, when Obama passed the, or proposed that, that, what was it, Prop 8 or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Prop 8 was California, and then um, it was like Oberfell versus Supreme Court. They ruled it in like 2013 or 2012. Right, it was, it was during the Obama administration. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. why I said that. I'm glad that we didn't have our ethics. We didn't have to make, make yeah. them up at that moment, right? right. Like we've had two millennia mm-hmm. of relatively consistent teaching on these that serve as a starting point uh-huh. for conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not going to cop out and say it, it. the answer is always the traditional Christian teaching. Yeah. I will say I think it's an important starting point. And so the issue isn't generationally, mm-hmm. not to me. Mm-hmm. The issue is one, it's it's an edu- edu- how do we view education? Yeah, like you don't have to be religious to understand. Hey, if people don't think you care about them, they're probably not going to want to learn from you. Right. You don't have to be super spiritual to understand that. However, I think that um, the th- and this is kind of ironic to me. I think in the early two thousands, when Christians became obsessed with like rock bands and. Mm-hmm. Uh, making their worship kind of a competition with um, these kind of all-star experiences that people were getting, I think we inadvertently devalued Mm. what we're we're actually passing down. Yeah. In other words, it's not the pizza and the music that keeps or that that brings our youth here that's going to keep them. Right. Um, And so I wonder, without being overly judgmental i wonder how much of that needs to be corrected mm-hmm. to where like what if what if we t- what if a youth group took their kids through i don't know the westminster confession of faith sure. or through through some sort of catechism some mm-hmm. sort of organized teaching yeah something says, hey, that connected them this deeper. is your heritage yeah yeah um i think the conversations around lgbtq issues would be one more civil yeah. two more educated and three more charitable mm-hmm. because now I think the disconnect is so entrenched there where it's like, no, no, no. Like you're just a boomer. That's why you think that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. I, I mean, maybe, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's not about the socioeconomic or sociopolitical formational right, right, fields right. that should be the crux of the conversation it should be. Let's talk about image of God. Right. Let's talk about human flourishing. Let's talk about sexual ethics as we see it mm-hmm. in Genesis all the way to revelation. And if we disagree, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But let Let's let's have those be the arbiters. Yeah, um, that's what I mourn the most. Uh, so I don't think I don't think it's a generational issue. Um, although I will say, yeah, like it could be an impasse, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, like denominations are going to split. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. So that actually is a good transition into the final question: Is are you okay with some schisming over like traditional orthodoxy being challenged? So specifically in, in the example I'm thinking of, right, the heritage that I come from, yeah. you know, the Stone Campbell movement, okay. right, they kind of birth the Churches of Christ and the Disciples of Christ yeah. movement, right? Disciples of Christ, uh, probably about 50 years ago now, split uh, and moved towards more progressive ideas, like at the time, like yeah. women in leadership and things like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. now they're fully affirming a lot of the, these church communities. Yeah. Uh, and so how do you feel over... Uh, orthodoxy being challenged like yeah. that uh, and people coming along and still saying like, no, we, we still very much are followers of Jesus. Yeah. We just disagree with 2000 years of, 
you know, Christian tradition. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a tough one for me. Um, so I, in full disclosure, I'm with most issues, uh, in line with traditional mm-hmm. orthodoxy, traditional understanding of marriage, traditional understanding of sexual ethics. Um, probably some issues where I would diverge is women in leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not slavery, right? I don't think people should be <laughs> slaves. Uh, so thanks for clarifying. Yeah, <laughs> I only took fifty so, episodes to get that out there. <laughs> and I say that in reference to like enlightenment or uh, um, the boom of American theology. Yeah, like these people still had slaves. And yeah, like, I'm not saying that. So just yeah, to, to clarify. Um, so I don't think we can prevent that is the first thing I would say. Okay, interesting. So it I don't want to be surprised by that which I think is inevitable. Yeah. I think the schism um, or divergence, like it's going to happen, like Paul and Barnabas. Now, the tricky thing for me is, okay, is splitting over woman and leadership, is that a Paul and Barnabas thing or is that like, like the Christian church and Arius. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Christian versus a non-Christian thing. Correct, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's where I think it gets trickier because everybody's going to fall on some sort of authority. Yeah. And then at that point, how do you discuss which authority is higher without being circular? Yeah. That gets trickier, Yeah. just philosophically. Um, so again, in order to avoid that stalemate, I would say, please, please um, set, the gr- set the soil for conversation first with relationship, with charity, with actual life together. um, So that when it comes to something like a stalemate, um, I don't know, I I, I may disagree with, uh, with a church that is fully affirming, Mm -hmm. but I could still have, uh, love and respect mm-hmm. for those people. Mm-hmm. And I could still be able to sit down with them. Would you take the Eucharist with them? Well, see, right? Like, it, would I go as far as say I could still worship with you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Good questions, man. Good questions uh, being asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm saying I'm not going to take on the burden <laughs> to yeah. say th- these are the lines. Well, at least not in one 20-minute video, <laughs> no? right? right. Uh, but what I am saying is the tone of that conversation doesn't have to be combative. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that when the older generations, so I think this goes both ways because it's the, the youth cannot simply blame the older generations for this. And the old, older generations can't simply say, well, we passed the torch and they didn't take it. Yeah. Like both people here need to do an about face in some ways and say, okay, he, for the sake of the gospel, we need to do better. Sure. Good. Yeah. Good stuff, man. That's all I got, dude. All right. Yeah. Well, um, let me know when you want the next interview. Yeah, yeah. What good. do you guys think? Uh, these are really tough topics, and you could hopefully hear from our tones. We care about this yeah. because we care about people. I care more about the youth in our churches than I do about being right. Yeah. I'm willing to be wrong about something for the sake of relationship with people who are being invited to the table by mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think if we had more of that, we could prevent so many things. Yeah, definitely. So let's do preventative rather than restorative. Um, What do you guys think? Leave us a comment. Make sure to check us out on the Juice app. And 
make sure you have some of this cake for our 50th episode yeah hey thanks for tuning in to all 50 man it's been fun to uh have you guys in the comments and be a part of the interaction and stuff so i'm the one who does all the commenting so yell at me not at hansel uh yeah but we appreciate you guys we're really grateful to have gone on this ride with you absolutely good we'll see you next time on kingdom thinking